You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Welcome into Socks in the Basement, live at Jack's Place, 7000 West Southwest Highway in Chicago Ridge for the next hour or so, taking you into the White Sox game. Myself and Dave on the Podbean app, we are live. Hello, my friend. What's up, Chris? I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm ready to go. Uh, We've got things to give away. They're giving away a giant flat screen TV here tonight. Uh, They've got free food. They've got a free drink when you show up. It's first responder appreciation night here at Jack's Place, 7000 West Southwest Highway, right in between Ridgeland and Harlem on Southwest Highway. It is a beautiful night. We are set up in the Sox in the Basement tent in the parking lot, and I am ready to go. Are you ready to go? I am ready to go, sir. Well, then let's go. My friend, I'm going to uh, drop down this background music and we're going to start a show. Welcome in the socks in the basement, not in the basement. Instead, under a tent in a parking lot, Jack's Place 7000 West Southwest Highway here in Chicago Ridge. Come on out and join us. We're going to be here not only until game time at 7.15, Sox-Cubs game two. Uh, socks in the basement out here as well for a while during the game. They're going to be giving away a giant flat screen TV. There's a free first drink for everybody here. Three max spins on the slot machine so you may actually win money three free spins okay if you like the video game or gamble and then also we have the uh the free food that they're handing out as well so we got food we've got drinks we've got socks in the basement swag grab a koozie grab a a beer opener uh keychain we've got uh, uh i've got iphone cases i've got uh i've got glassware that says white socks on it to hand out we've got some good stuff to hand out here i got white socks flags stop by and see us at 7000 west southwest highway in Chicago Bridge here at Jack's Place, and we are live now. If you are listening on the Podbean app, remember you can call in at any time with a little button up at the top of the app, or you can chat live in the chat room. Headphones are required. Sometimes the app won't let you call in unless you have the little earbuds, but lately it's been letting everybody get in if they have earbuds or not. Are you ready for tonight? Are you pumped up about this series in any way more than you would normally be pumped up, Dave? I am pumped up about this team in general right now we are coming off of six straight wins um we had a uh, dominant series in detroit we had a dominant night against lester last night uh the offense exploded for 10 runs keichel was his usual uh studly keichel self oh he was him and his his beard he was i wanted him to pitch Um, like his last inning i wanted to come out just like a like a a shirtless or a sleeveless t-shirt like how he likes to warm up. Like he's, I wanted so him to he's take like, the jersey so off. So he would be Ricky Vaughn. With I wanted a beard. him to Ricky Vaughn it in the end because nice. he was a badass. He last was, night, yes, wasn't he, he? And you know what? What's important is that he saved. 
he saved a lot of innings for your bullpen's like for your bullpen last night. He took him that he took him through eight, Chris. And you're gonna need the bullpen tonight with Ray because Lowe Ray Lopez back. is tonight, right? I, I saw that, and I was like, when I saw that Raylo was starting, I was like, well, good thing Dallas saved the pen <laughs> because you're gonna be needing the pen in about the third inning. You are. You're gonna need the pen. You're gonna need. You're gonna need some help. Tonight. Who knows? Maybe he comes out and he's good. But I, I, you know, a lot of people say that one start that he had was it was because he was hurt. That like there are the, the Raylo apologists will tell you, well, he he didn't even make it through the first inning. He was probably hurt when he went out there. I understand why he couldn't get through things. I know why it was difficult for him. You know what? He wasn't fresh. Well, now we're going to find out. Is he the guy at the end of last year that Ricky Renteria threw under the bus, basically saying he's concentrating on things other than pitching in the game and worried more about his personal life and everything else? What you mean? Or he's is he the guy that's going to come out and shine? What you mean uh, the last? few games of last year all last year yeah, he, Chris, was upset he, was with bad, he was bad all last year so let, that's why like when people are saying okay Raylo was hurt in the first game against against the twins fine okay I'll take that completely out I'm going off of what I saw all of last year Chris where he had the highest I believe it was the highest whip or highest ERA of any qualifying starting pitcher right so that basically made him the worst starting. He was the worst starting baseball. pitcher in baseball last year. So, so show me something other than that. I, I'm not even paying attention to the the first game of of this year. If I'm Reynaldo Lopez, if I saw Dane Dunning the other night, I should start being nervous. Mm. Like at some point, some of these guys have to be nervous they're going to lose their jobs. Dylan Cease looks like he's on a much better track than Raylo. Oh, Dylan Cease right? has been. Lucas Gialli- Dylan yeah. Cease has been great this Lucas year. Lucas Giolito's a stud. Dallas Keuchel, I, I saw a poll the other day. Who would you want in if you needed to win one game right now for the White Sox? And it's Keuchel. Dallas. Uh, Dallas easily. So you easily. got you got these three guys that the team has confidence in. And then you've got a lot of other guys. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if Reynaldo Lopez, what, what he is. You don't know if... Carlos Rodon can never stay healthy enough to pitch for this team for any amount of time. Uh, you you don't know about uh, Dane Dunning, although he was positive. You don't know if Michael Kopech, when he's going to feel comfortable enough rejoining this team at some point in his career. So there's a lot of ifs right now with the other spots. Uh, uh, Gio Gonzalez, journeyman swing pitcher. You, you can't rely on him long term. So this is no, that, but that Gio Gonzalez acquisition looks really good right now. Oh yeah, you need think it. About, think about where you'd be without him. You needed it. You need Absolutely. it, except they're not. They've changed things around. If you look at it now, you're going to have. If you look at the pit, if you look coming up, there's some days off. So if they took out Gonzalez, who would have been pitching this weekend, and they brought in Lopez to pitch, and Cease is still in the rotation, and Giolito's still in the rotation, and Keuchel's still in the rotation, and the explanation that we got about Dunning going down is we don't need him for a couple of weeks, but he'll be back. Did Dane Dunning work his way into the rotation, and is Gio Gonzalez now? really that six starter swing man that could be put in when they need him or during double headers is Dane Dunning coming back. Are they going to continue to stretch him out? And they're going to make him like the guy, you know, is he going to be the fifth guy? If Rodon doesn't hurry back soon, that's what I'm curious about. There's there's a lot of things at play right now. Rodon is currently only on the 10 day. He's only on the 10 day injured list. I understand that, but you could stay on there longer. Like you go on for 10 days. You don't always get pulled off after 10 days. Okay. You know, it just means you got to be on there for at least 10 days. Sometimes they transfer guy to the 45 day. There's so, there's different rules. So have we not heard any updates as I think far he'll as be back. I think he'll be back. But I find it interesting like you can tell Gio Gonzalez I think out of the rotation. If you if you bumped him to bring in Reynaldo Lopez, is Gonzalez pitching anymore in the rotation? It'll be interesting to see if we see him come in and pitch if Reynaldo Lopez 
goes three innings or something like that, gets in the trouble, is this tur- does this turn into a combination thing? We talked about that in the offseason. Can you combo the pitchers where you have a righty start off and then a lefty comes in later on like, and Gonzalez? You, get, you take two guys and make one pitcher. And make out one of pitcher. Them. Yeah. Right. All right. So they kill Lester last night. It was fun. Uh, I was out at a bar enjoying myself, uh, at, uh, you know, on an outdoor patio bar, and, and people were just going nuts with every home run, and every home run went further than the last. They killed John oh Lester. God, 460 and, feet for the Eloy blast. Right. And so now I see all this thing like, oh, this offense is amazing. This offense is incredible. Trust me, I'm enjoying this. I know you're enjoying it too. Yes. They're fun. But it was another left-handed starter. I was going to say, do it against a righty. Yeah, do, okay. And I'm going to – these are the team splits for this team versus right-handed starters and left-handed starters. And by the way, they faced a left-handed starter last night and crushed him. They faced three of them this week. I believe at this point they are 6-0. and Against left-handed starting seven pitching. and zero, seven and zero. Okay, and that, last night makes them seven. And, and they're three games under five hundred against right-handed starting pitching. Here are the splits for this team when it comes to hitting as a team against right-handed pitching and left-handed pitching to date. Against left-handed pitching, the White Sox are hitting three oh five with a three seventy five on base percentage, a six nineteen slugging percentage, and a oh, team oh, OPS, man, a, te- a team OPS, a tick under a thousand and nine ninety four. That is a team As OPS. A team. That is sickening. Okay, that is that is that is just ridiculous. Now here's the righties. They become very average. They become replacement level players. Two fifty team batting average, three oh five on base percentage. That's it. They're only getting on base thirty percent of the time as a team. Okay. They're slugging 426. It's brutal. It's brutal. And then your and your OPS is a 731. Wow. Look at the drop off. That is yeah. And they're going up against Kyle Hendricks tonight. I mean, Raylo is probably getting three runs of support at most tonight. If he gets more than I'm shocked. And it's not like Ricky Renteria wants to change the lineup up. We've talked about this. The lineup's out for tonight. And of course, Ricky Xeroxes the lineup and sends out Anderson Moncada. Grandal and Abreu are in a 3-4 spot. We've been yelling which at I forever. Hate, which I hate. Jimenez, who's been going great against righties, much better than Abreu and Grandal all year, especially. And last year, he was better against righties than both of them. He's batting fifth. And Carnacion, who's coming out of his funk. Chris Zwick told us on the show that came out on demand on Wednesday, look, he starts slow sometimes. I'm not worried about him. And he's been on fire. He's much better against he, right-handed pitchers. I was going to say, Encarnacion is, is better against righties than he is against lefties. I... <sighs> Listen, I'm with you. I don't I don't understand why all you got to do is make a simple switch. You have to just basically switch out Grandal and Abreu from the 3-4 spot and move everybody and move, up and move them into the 5-6 the and thing. move them into the 5-6 spot and then you put you put Jimenez and and Encarnacion into the 3-4 spot. All and then you can leave everything else the same. All you need to do is you just need to make that whatever you'd want to call it, that one double switch in the lineup and this team would be better against righties. I'm going to name I'm going to name three guys. Three guys that hit better against right-handed pitching than Jose Abreu and Yasmani Grandal. They're Aloy Jimenez, Edwin Encarnacion and Luis Robert and they are the three guys batting behind them at this point. And that right there, that's that's as simple as it gets. That's as much as I can dumb it down for everybody tonight. And if the White Sox score runs tonight, you watch. It'll be from more the bottom half of the lineup than the top, unless the Cubs make a terrible decision and send out a, a lefty reliever now, at even, some point. Even Mazzara hits... <laughs> Even Pizarra hits righties better than not better, but at least on the level and, as as the guys and, that you have. And in the I'm not saying spot I'm not saying Jose Abreu shouldn't play against right-handed pitchers. No, but you I'm just saying he's not him, the three hitter. No, put him down in the lineup. Put him five six. 
There's nothing wrong with there is nothing wrong with a Brayu five Grandal six against right-handed pitching. The explo- if you're going to put if right. you're going to put Eloy third and Encarnacion fourth. The explosion the other night was after the Detroit Tigers sent in a lefty reliever. The explosion early in the games against the Tigers was because they had left-handed starters against righties in that series. They didn't do very much, but they they the the Tigers continuously sent lefties out there. And they did us a favor. Ron Gardenhire did us a favor. The game that they came back at the end and they scored a bunch of runs, he sent out a lefty reliever and the White Sox scored a bunch, like a handful of runs. They put up a big crooked number. And it's because Gardenhire sent out the first lefty of the night. He did his, he helped us win the game. Thank you, Ron, for all the times that your twins used to beat us. Thank you. It's amazing to me here. This is the thing. This is the thing I don't get. Even the betting industry hasn't figured this out yet. I had a friend of mine out in Colorado who bets ball games. Send me a text. What do you think is going to happen tonight between the Sox and Cubs? I'm, I'm going to drop some money. And so he, I go, they're going up against a lefty starter. I don't care what Lester stats are. They're going to kill him. That's what they do. That's all they do. They just kill lefties. Okay. And he goes, and he goes, okay. And he puts 25 bucks down and he wins 50. Right. So the money line basically doubled his money because even Vegas hasn't figured out that the Sox are unstoppable against left-handed pitching. We're on the cusp of this thing. People think we're crazy. We're not. No. We're not no. crazy. And it's like, you know, I was thinking about this. Have you ever seen... Chris, because you play a lot of fantasy baseball. I myself do not. But have you ever seen such a disparity on an entire team versus left-handed versus right-handed? I don't think – here's the thing. I don't think the disparity is that – it's not as horrible as it if it's being used right. You see, that's the thing. Encarnacion was added to the team because he's supposed to help you in that. Okay? Grandal actually is a is still fairly good from that position. We We've – We've gone over this. He's better than McCann is against right-handed hitting. There were improvements that were made, but yeah, there's a disparity here. I think the disparity is even more prevalent because as a team, they're so deadly against lefties. It's almost comical. It's like a video game. When they go out. <laughs> right. I mean, if you bring on a lefty, I mean, it's fresh meat. I can't, I, I get excited. I get tingles when I see a guy coming out and I notice the glove is on his, is on his right hand. I go, oh, we're going to score some runs. Like who, who's the idiot who brought out the lefty? Like that's like, how like I feel. A, it's like it's like you know some people you know some people have their fetishes. I oh, mean, some people. I got a big lefty people, pitcher fetish right now. Some people it's feet. Some people it's lacy lingerie. <laughs> For us, it's 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 when the glove is on the the you know the left hand or the right hand. All right. So uh, once again, we are out live at Jack's place. The parking lot filling up now. Uh, when we first started, I was like, "All right, we're going to be uh, just kind of talking to ourselves." Man, people are rolling in. And it looks like it should be a good night tonight. They're giving away a giant flat screen television here at 7000 West Southwest Highway. Uh, we have socks in the basement swag. Come by, grab a koozie, grab a uh, bottle opener keychain. I got a few uh, white socks glasses that have uh, the Goose Island emblem on them and the old 83 logo that are sitting on them. Pint glasses to give away. I've got socks in the basement flags if you want to fly them high. We've got all kinds of fun stuff for you. First drinks on the house. And they're also giving away three free max spins. For those that want to go gamble in the game room, you get three for free. You might win money and not even have to put any money down. And then you also have the free sub sandwiches. So there's a lot going on here. Country Insurance has also jumped in to help out with some of the cost of everything. Jack's Place, 7000 West Southwest Highway. We're right here in Chicago Ridge. Stop by and see us. You'll see the socks in the basement tent out in front. David, if somebody wants to contact us right now and they're using the Podbean app, all they have to do is click on one of the call-in buttons. It's very simple. And you'll be connected to us. If you don't want to talk, jump in the live chat room. We'll answer any question you want to ask uh, about the White Sox, what we think about tonight, 
with Kyle Hendricks against uh, Reynaldo Lopez, I'm not very confident. I'm rooting for them. I want oh, it to right. happen. But, I mean, like, I'm not super-duper confident. That was kind of the first thing that I said when I saw, you know, when I saw Raylo in the lineup. I was kind of like, I was kind you of You want like, to jump well, in and jump on the mic? You want to say hi? We'll get, we'll get you in there a little bit, or your wife can come over. All right, all right. The owners are here. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, I was just When funny. the guy who's paying the bills walks over and wants oh, to do yeah, a fist no, bump, you, I got to interrupt yeah, you, you gotta, and do a fist you bump. You got to stop. No, He's writing I was just going to say, when I saw Raylo in the lineup tonight or as the starting pitcher, I was like, well, you know, maybe they'll find a way to get the Darvish tomorrow. You know, I was like, well, he's good. I mean, these are two very good starting pitchers we're going up against. Yeah. Okay. They're very, they're very good starting pitch. We're not, we're not chap liver, but they're, they're good starting pitchers that we're going up against. So, oh, look at this. What is, what is this that you're putting on your face? On here? You invite Sox in the basement to come over and then you got a, you got a, you got a oh, Cubs listen, listen, listen. A guard on there. Really you're a Chicago fan. Oh, I hate that. That's terrible. We'll get, why don't we get her situated and have her sit down and we'll, we'll talk really to her here am. just one I, moment. Everything for Chicago. <laughs> is that, can that be a thing? Like if you were born here, Chris, can there be such a thing as I've heard this debate? If you were born here, can there be such a thing as, someone who cheers for the Cubs and Sox equally, or even, or, or even if, you know, just not pure hatred from I think, one of the, I other. think you can be a Chicago fan, but I also think that then like, here's the thing, like my father suffered just like I'm sure my brother and my brother-in-law, his father suffered because he's a Cubs fan. My father suffered as a white Sox fan his entire life waiting for a world championship kept a bottle of champagne from 1977 in the back of the refrigerator. And as we were kids, we go, what is that? He goes, that's if they ever win the pennant. I was like, what about the World Series? We're never winning one of those. <laughs> I mean, like, that's that's how he felt his entire life. And in the final out, as he laid on the ground and sobbed while his children jumped on top of him in a pylon in his living room, and we all cried with him. And it was one of the more moving moments of my entire life. And that probably trumps my wedding and the birth of my three kids. <laughs> That I'm allowed to have that because I stuck with one team. Right. You're not allowed to have that if you're a Chicago fan. Right. You see, if you stick with one, you're allowed to have that. You That's how like, I say. When they win, like if you're if you're if you're for both, like when either win, it's <laughs> nice. But you you don't have that you don't have that emotional attachment right, that, right. Chris, that Chris right. is talking about. If it makes it easier, you can put the headphones on. You'll hear yourself. Otherwise, just lean in close to the microphone while you say hi. Uh, Keith so and Ann run this place. Who are we saying hi to? I, I just, we have this. Uh, this we is Ann, and she she runs the bar. She's a, she's one of the co-owners. Yeah. Keith and Ann run the, run Jack's place here at 7000 West Southwest Highway, and they invited Socks in the basement to come out tonight, and I'm, I'm excited to be here, Ann. How are you? So fun. Oh, so good to have you guys here. We love this. Yeah. It, it, you know what? It's. It, I like the fact that it's a nice night. I've really lucked out here during COVID. Yeah. Every time I've done a live broadcast, either for Socks in the Basement or one of my other podcasts, I always end up with a pretty night. Yeah. And I'm very, very nervous that one night the skies will open up and I'll be running and hiding <laughs> all my equipment. But right now, it's a beautiful night Gorgeous. to be out here tonight. Gorgeous. Yeah. And, you know, I, I here's the thing. I, I know when I first came here, you guys invited me over to, to say hi, mm-hmm. maybe about a month or so ago. And since then, we've been hearing the... Jack's place ads on uh, socks in the basement, and I appreciate that. Awesome. Uh, we, I, I, as I was driving down, I didn't even realize. No, I, honest truth, I didn't realize it was here. It's 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 tucked into this little residential area, but it's such a pretty little spot. And you think Southwest Highway, like okay, well, it's going to be, you know, you, you just have this impression of it, something you just zoom down, right, right, or it's fast. like a big giant parking lot uh-huh. or something like that. Uh-huh. It's kind of cold. This is kind of a cozy little it spot is. with a cozy little place that you guys run. I always say if we can get them, the customer in one time, I can get them back. I just have to have them find the place because right. 
like you said, the one thing that we we like, or, well, for us is when traffic's backed up on Harlem. Everybody, everybody sees you. They, they're, they're sitting still. <laughs> so they have no choice but to look up, hopefully, and see our sign, right? We have it double face for both sides of traffic. So if it's actually not flying and they're stopped, I'm like, maybe they will just look up, you know? So let me ask you this. What about... <clears throat> How do, what about foot traffic? Because I see that we have a lot of like apartments and mm-hmm. condos and stuff like that right around here. I mean, do you guys get a lot of people that just kind of hike it over here from any of the, you know, right, yeah, look the, at the face. She's kind of like, she's like, I don't know. I'm, oh, not, I mean, I'm, not, be, I'm not, I'm not down right. next to the ball. I'm yeah, not down no. next to the ballpark in a neighborhood. I mean, these are, these might be, be old people up yeah, here. And to, these, be, uh, to be hundred percent honest, yeah. we thought the condos surrounding us would be that. That's why we were kind of convinced it would right, be right. in for a great location. Right. Who like built-in people here, right? Who wouldn't want to be able to walk, not <laughs> and be able to drink, not worry about a ride, not worry about driving, and get good food when you're like ten steps from home? But that kind of backfired a little bit. They think like I don't know some the stigma of a bar with well, gambling well, I, I, because I of the gambling that. and stuff like that. But that's the thing. Like yeah. I, everybody has that stigma. Then I walk into the place. I'm going to tell you something. Your gaming room is incredible. Thank you. You have these partitions up, but like the, these plexiglass partitions. They're basically sitting in their own private area and safe while they're in there. It's incredibly clean. And then you have the bar set up. It's a great bar. I've been in a lot of bars. You have your indoor section of your bar set up the right way. Like nobody should be nervous walking in there. And so I think you're doing a very, very good job. I wanted to make sure I complimented you on that. You know, we were kind of doing pre-COVID stuff before COVID. You know, we we brought the private gaming room in to like make customers feel safe and comfortable in their own space. Nobody over their shoulder. Um, so that, unfortunately, when COVID came, this all worked out for us because we kind of had that. I, I've always been had this bar as clean as we could. So when COVID came, I was like, well, we just have to keep doing what we were always doing because that's what bring, our, we, I get more compliments on the bath, clean bathrooms than anything else. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's so important, though, because, you know, I as a, you know, I as a former gigging musician have played <laughs> a lot of, you know, seedy places and you just you would not want to go anywhere near right, those bathrooms. Right. But I mean, if you walk into a bar, if it's clean, if the bathrooms are clean, that's a place that that's a place that I would want to hang out. Yeah. So yeah. kudos right. to Thank kudos you. to you guys. On Thank that. you. All right. So tonight you guys are giving away a big screen TV. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. What is it like 58 inches? Yep. Some big giant. Inch. Yeah, mm-hmm. really, really nice. I saw it in there. Uh, you also have partnered up with Country Insurance here yep. nearby in the neighborhood. So the first drink is free. Yep. All right. And then there is a sub place that's bringing free food. Who, who, Peppos. Okay. Peppos subs. They're in there. Um, everybody gets a sandwich and some pasta salad. Get one free. I mean, drink. you're gonna show up to me watch Cub Stocks. You're gonna drink. Yeah. You're gonna eat. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna possibly win a TV. Yep. And there's three max spins three if max you go spins, into, yep. into the into the gaming room. I feel like you're giving away too I know, much. Right? You Who's advising I you? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, Country Financial, they're so awesome. So. Hey, <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then and then we brought out the free socks in the basement koozies oh and, God, the, and the that. and the Thank bottle opener so keychains. And if you have an iPhone that that, that case fits, go yeah. ahead and take it oh because God. I have some leftover ones, but I don't know what size okay, that cool. fits. That, so oh I mean, grab something. And then we have we have the the white socks, pine glasses there, and some socks, flags, and things like that. So we brought out some stuff, and we're excited to be out here tonight with you any prediction for tonight as a chicago fan right so it was i was that was bad for the cubs yesterday i I was happy for the Sox, but for owning a bar yeah but you see what she did she said it was bad for the cubs first you see that i'm a chicago fan right right. it was a blow but for a bar i want it to be an equal good game you know i don't want to get blown out i know i thought it was a very enjoyable game there were lots of monstrous (laughs) home runs i know monstrous home runs last night the comes to score a little bit. More. Okay, well, I think it'll be a closer game tonight. I trust me. I think it'll be a closer game. Who, who, who are you picking? 
You know, not who you want, but Cubs. who you pick. You think the Cubs yeah, will win? I think All they right. can bounce back today. Yeah. We actually we're a little nervous today with Reynaldo Lopez. If he comes out on fire though, after we talk trash about him for an hour, then I'm taking credit for the win because I hope it's in his ears right now. <laughs> right, because those two now, jokers, right those now. two jokers from Sacks in the basement, talk crap about him. and He went out and fired a no hitter. Well, wait a minute though. Wait a minute though. Look at what t- look at what Tim Anderson is doing now after, after we all him. of the smack that you right. used to talk about right. him about nine about eighteen months ago, Chris. Right. Look at how look at how the corporate podcast responded to us picking on Ricky Renteria just this past week after we sat there and said he had the wrong we had the wrong lineup. Oh, like they're, li- they're listening over there. Trust I didn't me. hear that. What oh yeah. I, well, you don't even listen to the show. That's the problem with you. <laughs> well, no, I don't listen to the corporate <laughs> podcast, so I don't. Yeah, know. no, no, no. They they they, they tried to defend everything that we said was wrong with the lineup, like in the first ten minutes of one of their shows. And, and and they came up with, well, we really haven't spoken with Ricky, so we don't know who makes the lineup. And I was like, so you didn't even talk to him? Like, you see nope. him every day in the hallway. Like, that was the worst thing I ever heard in my life. Anyway, and I want to say thank you very thank much you for stopping in. And uh, go Chicago, Chicago White Sox, yep. okay? There thank you go. Thank you. <laughs> so fun. All right. So uh, we're going to run down everything that's going on with the game tonight. We're going to talk a little bit more. We uh, Unfortunately, we had James Fox scheduled from Sports Illustrated and Future Sox. He sent me a text just a few minutes ago and uh, got stuck with something going on with his in-laws. And we all know what that, that's like oh, when you when you have your your wife's family. And it's like, I got to go to this thing. And they give you that look on a Saturday afternoon. And I think that's what happened. And I completely understand. James is a good friend. We will be talking to him soon here on this show. We are back here in just moments. Jack's Place 7000 West Southwest Highway. Get on out here. Sox Cubs will be here when the game starts at 7.15. There's all kinds of stuff being given away. Join us here right here on Sox in the Basement. Sox in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park and New Lenox. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota, and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, with a sister store available to you at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. All right, so live out here at Jack's Place, 7000 West Southwest Highway. It's going to be a fun night tonight. It's a beautiful night. Socks in the basement out live. This is the beginning of our Saturday series we're going to start doing. We're going to start doing a live show on Saturdays. And if we're not able to go live, let's say, to something's happening that weekend, we will be doing an interview series. But Saturday Socks in the Basement launches today and we'll be with you each and every Saturday along with the normal 30 minutes of Socks that comes out each and every Wednesday. Everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Recent interviews on the on-demand show if you have not heard them. Uh, Andy Mazur from WGN. Uh, the man who's doing play-by-play on the radio tonight for the White Sox in each and every night. He's been on the show recently. Scott Merkin has been stopping by. James Fox from Sports Illustrated. Chris Zwick from Yahoo Sports. We get the guest. We get him in. We talk White Sox. We have a lot of fun at my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago or out here underneath the tent on a beautiful night at 7000 West Southwest Highway at Jack's Place. Now, 
Last night was a fun game for the Chicago White Sox. Quick recap for everybody who's out there listening. I'm sure most of you actually watched the game, heard about the game, know about the game. Dallas Keuchel goes eight innings, six hits, one earned run, walked only one and struck out three. He's not a big strikeout guy. There was a great graphic last night, Dave, where they showed uh, what he's throwing in terms of the sinker and the changeup and how he's keeping the changeup. It's always on the outer portion of the plate or low or low and outside, but he, he basically you could, you could make a backwards L in the strike zone as it was coming in every time he's thrown the changeup this year. He definitely is that ground ball pitcher, and since he started throwing from the stretch instead of the big wind, a completely different pitcher. And what we have on this team right now is we have a couple of guys who have made big adjustments recently, and you have a guy like uh, Keuchel, who's uh, going from the stretch this year. You have a, a guy like Giolito, who changed his delivery last year. You have a guy like Dylan Cease, who claims that he went and, you know, kind of studied an online video to figure out what he was doing wrong and changed some things that he was doing. But you have a lot of pitchers making adjustments, and they all seem to be working pretty regularly and pretty well right now. A guy who did not make the right adjustments after talking an awful lot of junk about the White Sox, Carson Fulmer, is no longer with the Tigers. He's already <laughs> nice. been released. Isn't that amazing? Like, he made such a big thing about, I'm ne- I, like, he basically implied he was forced to throw the cutter, doesn't throw the cutter, has a pretty good first game, and then performs so poorly going forward, the Tigers get rid of him. So, I, you know, I know everybody wants to jump on Coop, and trust me, there have been times we've jumped on Don Cooper as well, but we've also talked with uh, a pitching coach that works with guys in the minor leagues by the name of Eric Minshaw on this program, and he talked about what Coop's process is and what he goes through. It doesn't seem like he's poo-pooing the numbers, and he. But it. it but Steve Stone made his suggestion the other night on the broadcast. I'm curious what you think. Stoney thinks that eventually you're going to start to see two pitching two coaches pitching on coaches, a team, yeah. and I think he's almost alluding to it now because the White Sox may be bringing up one of those tech guys to work with Coop and have two pitching coaches. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So Stone and Benetti, this is not the first time that they've mentioned this about two pitching coaches i i actually heard a broadcast where they mentioned the same sort of thing with two hitting coaches and the philosophy of it is you have stats guys you have numbers guys and then you have mental development guys you have coaches whose specialties are or whose specialty is just the overall mental development uh and mental i guess for lack of a better word stability of the players, making sure that their heads are in the right places. You have guys who are good at that. And then you have coaches who are good at the stats, the numbers, the saber metrics. Okay. And it's not, like I said, it's not the first time that I've heard this kind of kicked around. I heard it with hitting coaches, but that's kind of where I think they're going with this. And I'm curious if Chris, you think that this, if if you get that impression of it, or if, I think they're going to do it. I think the White Sox will be the first team to have two pitching coaches. I think I, I really think that's going to happen because we know how the White Sox operate, and they would rather have two than get rid of Coop. And I think they see a lot of things that Coop does that they like. I, you know, and when, here's the thing: we can always break down numbers, but I think that they they see a lot of things about Don Cooper that they like. But they also know that these pitchers, some of these pitchers, want to do different things. I mean, like we no. said, we talk we talk with Eric Minshall, who's a minor league pitching instructor who talked a little bit about what's going on, like his time working with Don Cooper. He explained he's had several conversations with him uh, that, that Coop is really trying his hardest to get a good grasp of this these new pitching techniques and the stats and the things that, well, the that pitchers want to work on and the metrics, and he's getting a very good understanding of it, and he's reaching out to different people to make sure he understands it. So well, even Coop understands yeah. it's important. And Coop has said that himself. 
like Poop has gone on record saying, you know, it's a different, it's a different ball game now. And he has, you know, he's trying his best to adapt to the metric, you know, to learn the metrics and right. to adapt to the way that, um, you know, to this new style of, of statistical driven coaching. Yeah. And, and the thing, the thing with, uh, with, with Don Cooper is that I think there's a lot of people that want to jump on him when things don't work out. And I'm not a Coop apologist. Uh, trust me. There's a lot of me in the system says, okay, well, what did, when was the last time we heard that Don Cooper fixed a pitcher? Because did he really fix Giolito? No, Giolito went and talked to his high school coach. Right. I mean, that was something that came out in, in an interview on, on the, on uh, MLB yeah, network. I, remember that. I mean, it, we've, we've seen these little things. A, a really interesting article was written on socks on 35th. We've worked with them before. Jordan Lazowski is going to be joining us on Monday or I'm sorry, on, on Wednesday, he's gonna be joining us on Wednesday. And he's going to be talking about this article where he really breaks down the, the pluses and minuses of Don Cooper over the years and tries to take like a very objective look at Coop. And we're going to have this discussion a little bit more on Wednesday. So I want to make sure really people know that they should check in. Yeah. With a guy like Coop, the track record is definitely there. I mean, the guy has the guy has the history. No doubt about that. But as you say, especially, you know, everything, it's, you know, what have you done for me lately type of mentality. Right, right. That's so I'm very interested to hear the interview. I'm very interested to hear what he's got to say. We'll have that on Wednesday on Socks in the Basement On Demand. If you have not subscribed to Socks in the Basement, do so. Uh, you can get it on any podcast app. You can go direct to SocksInTheBasement.com. We are at uh, Jack's Place, 7000 West Southwest Highway. Uh, Dave is over here chowing down on a free sub. Uh, he's already gotten his free drink. <laughs> you get that stuff, too, if you show up. And uh, we got a crowd uh, showing up here. It should be, a, you know, it's a nice spaced out crowd. I, this is, I'm going to tell you something right now. They're doing an excellent job of keeping people safe out here. And uh, that's the only reason that we're doing this. I remember when we sat down and talked with Jack's place. I said, okay, look, I'll do this event, but I want to make sure that this isn't something that's going to show up on the internet. Like, look at all these people all shoulder to shoulder during the age of COVID. And they're like, no, 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 trust us. And I'm telling you, I'm highly impressed by the entire thing. Uh, we have the, uh, the bottle opener keychains. We've got the socks in the basement koozies out here. We've got some swag to hand out. They're giving away a giant flat screen TV and the game kicks off here in about a half hour. You are welcome to come out and join us. If you want to talk on the pregame show here on socks in the basement, our first Saturday show, we're going to start bringing you socks in the basement on Saturdays, sometimes live, sometimes as an interview series, an additional show now on the feed for socks in the basement. This is the first one. If you want to jump in, remember all you have to do is hit the guest call in button on the Podbean app. Interesting stat here about Kyle Hendricks, Cub starter tonight. He's actually much worse against right-handed hitters than left-handed hitters. Now, I still think that the batter controls it more than the pitcher. If you look at like look at look at the stats of Lester coming into last night's game. The batter I think controls it more than the pitcher. If you have a batter, I think that does better against a lefty pitcher, then I don't care what the, that pitcher stats are against your batter and, and what side of the plate he hits on. But it is interesting to see when you look at Hendricks that against left-handed batters, and good luck Nomar Mazzara tonight, even though everything says he should be the guy who starts, they're only hitting 187 against him this year so far. Okay, Hendricks is giving up a batting average clip of 277 against right-handed batters and an OPS of 619. The OPS of the White Sox is a team against right-handed pitchers is higher than that. The batting average is lower. So there, there's a little bit of hope 
But uh, again, this is going to be a really tough contest that's tonight. Pretty big. I didn't realize that about Hendricks. That's a pretty big split versus lefties versus right. That's so far this For year. A starter. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's so far this year. Let's see what he did in 2019. I mean, what the heck? We'll take a look at it because uh, that's what it is so far this year. Last year, yeah, you could kind of see a difference against against lefties. They hit 237 against him with an OPS in the low 600s, and he was over 700 OPS with. Uh, Righty's hitting 260. It wasn't as big of a split, but clearly he does better against right-handed batters and left-handed batters, but he's a right-handed pitcher. Right. That's, that's something that is that makes sense to me. I, I think the thing I'm hoping for here is that we have a pretty right-handed, you know, heavy lineup here with, well, you're going to have the switch hitters. You're going to see Grandal on the left side of the plate. You're going to see Moncada on the left, left side of the plate tonight the against the righty. Yeah. But you do have, you do, you are going to throw out some guys that are pretty good hitters that hit from the right side tonight. Uh, like I said, I, I still think if runs are coming, they're coming from the lower part of the order tonight. They're coming from Jimenez. They're coming from Encarnacion. They're coming from Robert. Okay. Luis Robert, I'm sorry, should not be in the bottom third of your lineup, but I'm getting sick of looking at him there. It's really driving me nuts. He, 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 I, I know he's a kid, but he didn't perform badly in the leadoff spot. His leadoff numbers had him doing better than what Anderson was doing before Anderson got injured. And, and, yes, T.A. is a hell of a player. You know, let's talk about this. Maybe let's think a little bit outside the box. What, Timmy Anderson had said it the other night in an interview. He said he would love to see him, Mancada, and Robert in the top three spots of the order. I'm, and I agree with him. I do. I agree with him on that one. I, I, would, I would like to have that. Now, it, Abreu could bat fourth then in that lineup with his in, against lefties. And against righties, Aloy Jimenez could bat fourth. And I would be okay with flip-flopping the two of them as the four and the five hitters behind those three, depending on a lefty-righty. I mean, it isn't perfect, but it's better than what we're doing right now. And I would enjoy seeing it. It's a lot of speed, and Robert's got power. You know, that's what everybody, you know, they, they, you forget because of the defense and the speed. Man, that guy can hit. He can really, really hit. And when it gets out, it gets out in a hurry. Yeah. I mean, putting Robert that far down in the lineup, I mean, I guess the only argument that could really be made for it is, I, I guess, I mean, I don't know, Chris, putting putting guys that can get on base for Tim Anderson when you when you turn the order the batting order over again. I don't know, man. If you want to do if you want to do that, then why not have if if Anderson really is the hitter that he is, and there's a big split between him with righties and lefties. He's on he's otherworldly against lefties, and he's just a little above average against righties. If he was, you know, he's, he's really padding his stats against left-handed pitching. Okay. Right. But he's still, he's still a good hitter from both sides. But if you, if you really believe that's what kind of hitter he is, then, then you're almost wasting him in the leadoff spot. Right. I mean, you're almost, you're almost kind of like, shouldn't he have somebody on base well, you're right, before he hits? At that point, there's nobody, there's, you know, there's not going to be anybody on base right. for him. But the thing is, he has all these leadoff home runs and he gets things off. I mean, he did this thing last week and I don't know if you saw the video of it. He's in one of those games when he's on that tear and he hits like three straight leadoff home runs. Over three days, he had a leadoff home run, three straight games against the Tigers. And he's sitting there in one of his at-bats, and he knows the changeup is coming. And he did something that you would see a 16-inch softball player do. It was so amazing to me. Like, he, when he's locked in, he reminds me of some guy on the south side of Chicago or down over at Grant Park who plays like in a Sunday league, like for the more elite 16 inch softball players, who's in the batter's box moving as the pitcher's going into the lineup. Because as the pitcher goes into the lineup, he shuffles from the back of the box to the front of the box because he knows it's going to be a changeup and it's going to drop out on him. 
So he cuts off the ability of the ball to drop on him because he's right up at the top of the box and scorches it. I mean, like that's that's, that's like a that's like a man see, playing like, with children. That's like you see something in that guy's delivery, like right in that split second that flags that a changeup is coming. Yeah, to make that immediate. But, I mean, adjustment that you it. can see how locked in he is when he's doing things like that, right? I mean, he's just absolutely locked in. Now he's he's got some defensive problems. Ozzie brought it up in the pregame show uh, earlier this week. Uh, I talked about it a little bit on Twitter. He's yeah, cross. But, he's crossing up his feet, and he's not. He's sometimes catching the ball flat-footed. Yeah, but you know what? And no. he is committing some errors over there. And he knows that he needs to work on his defensive game. And we've said it. Yeah, he needs you, to hit like this to justify playing shortstop yeah, but, for yeah, your but team. You know, yeah, but you know what though? He made some. Keuchel threw a lot of ground balls his way last night, he and he did Keuchel well. Threw a lot of ground and balls, and he did well. And Anderson, right? He made some really nice plays over there. That was an interesting infield. I mean, you had Danny Mendick at second, Ryan Cohen's over at third. Right. I mean, like, like, I mean, you basically like you're sitting there going, "Oh no, here's our ground ball pitcher. This is what we're we don't even have my god standing down there at third base." And they did pretty well. And I almost feel like Keiko can de- Keiko can decide what side of the field you're going to hit the ground ball to. Well, like, I almost what, feel like he's able to do that. He seems like an artist out there. Like what you're saying with his changeup, though. Like you mentioned something about this earlier. Like if he's throwing that changeup to the outside corner, low and outside. What that means is he's going to have a lot of opposite field ground balls against right-handed hitters. So, you know, there may be something, there may be something to that. I think so. I think it's possible. I do like watching him pitch. I'm very excited about it when I when I see him on the card. Like I said, if I had to pick a guy to go out and face any team right now for one game, as much as I love Lucas Giolito, and I know he's he's our purported ace. I feel so confident right now when Keuchel's on the mound. Yeah, it's got to be. If you're in like a – I mean, it wouldn't happen this year, but if you're in like a one-game playoff or if it's the last game of the year and and it's win and you're in the playoffs, yeah, it's got to be Keuchel. So, be. so now let's take a look at our boy Raylo, and I'm only going to do this because of the fact he's the starter tonight, and I will promise before I start, this is not a trash Reynaldo Lopez. I, I don't intend to do that, but let's take a look at our pitcher and our starter tonight for the Chicago White Sox, okay? Reynaldo Lopez's best year, of course, was in 2018. That's when he got the imagination going. First of all, what a great trade. No matter what happens to Reynaldo Lopez, if he ends up being a guy out of the bullpen or if it never quite works out, the fact you got Giolito Lopez and Dane Dunning for Adam Eaton is maybe one of the greatest steals of the century. I mean, that that is absolutely incredible. You can never deny that. That is an absolutely amazing deal, no matter what happens from this point forward. That was you. the, The Nationals were fleeced in that trade. And I don't care if Lopez doesn't work out to be one of the five starters because I feel like Dunning could. And I know that Dunning is going to contribute. That kid's got stuff. You could see that the other night. Yes. Okay. And yeah, looking it is, at it is only a matter of time before Dunning is in your starting. I, I, I really believe it after watching that game. I, I, you know, I mean, we've been excited about guys before and then they don't work out. But I was excited in that one. In 2018, Reynaldo Lopez took the mound and pitched 188 and two-thirds innings and had a whip of 1.27. This is his best year. His fielding independent pitching was 4.63, which suggested that his ERA, which was only a 3.91, he had gotten a little lucky. He had had a little bit of fortune. Now, last year, his fielding independent pitching was lower than his ERA of 5.38, but his FIP was still a 5.04, and his whip was 1.45. And I always say that if you're putting guys on, you're in trouble. 
We can't even look at his so the, stats this so year because FIP, he only pitched for an inning. So the FIP would, last year would indicate that he was a bit unlucky. Bit unlucky, but, but, but still not whip, very but, good. No, it's still not very good because the whip is way higher than you need it to. You know, he's putting a guy and a half on an inning. And he led the entire uh, the entirety of Major League Baseball with 110 earned runs last year. So Reynaldo Lopez let more more players touch home plate than any other pitcher in Major League Baseball last year. So this is it, man. Year 26, the rebuild is over. There is no rebuild. And you you now have to go out and perform. This is maybe one of the biggest starts of Reynaldo Lopez's career. As, and we said that the one when he went out and he didn't even finish the first inning was the biggest start of his career. Okay, fine, you got injured. You get a do-over. But this is the biggest start of your career because if you can't go out there and perform, it is just a matter of time before they're able to replace you and you will never see the starting rotation again. And this is it for him. This is it. I don't care if it's a shortened season. I don't care if there's weird rules. I don't care if you might be playing seven inning games on double headers. If he doesn't go out and perform on the mound, I don't want to see him in my starting rotation in 2021. And I would think that he wouldn't even make it through the rest of this year. Right or wrong on that? No, absolutely right. I've said from I've said from the end of last year, the end of last year, excuse me, that the leash on one Reynaldo Lopez must be, and I believe it is, very, very short this year. Yeah, I would think that it's got to be. You, you know, with with all the, you know, look at all the pitching depth you have. Even still, you know, with the injuries that have that have happened, with all the pitching depth you have, you cannot afford to send a guy out there and be playing from four or five runs behind already when it's already the third or fourth inning. You can't. You know, you can't do that. So the leash has to be short. Yeah. Now, it, is it is it this start that defines it? I don't necessarily I don't know, know about that, but it's got to be like the next one or two. Yeah. If you give him more than three starts and he's not performing, you've kept him in there too long because his body of work over the last year suggests to you that this is it for him. Like, you got to figure out what you're going to do. And when you got a guy like Dunning sitting down there and if Rodon's coming back, there's going to be an odd man out. And it's got to be Raylo. He he's got to move on if he can't get it together. We, like this is defining this is defining saying, to him because this is his first start back. We had been saying that Raylo should be the odd man out anyway. This was like since before, since before Kopek opted out of the season, we were saying that when Kopech was when we thought he was a lock to make the rotation before COVID happened and all of that and all the other weird stuff that's going on with Kopech, when we thought he was going to be a lock, we were saying that that Raylo even back then was going to be the odd man out. And I, I still think that's the case. I think, I think, I, I still think that's the case. I still, I still believe it. He has an opportunity tonight to go out and do something against a very dangerous lineup. And I'm, I want to eat my words about him and I want him to go out and win the game. And I'm going to be glued to my television set or my radio and, and, and listening and watching this game however you're doing it I, but that's who i'm watching tonight i'm actually more watching him than i'm watching the result of the game dave you think that's fair to say because i that's how i feel i feel like i'm watching him more than i'm watching if they win or lose because you know i already have this bias where i feel like you're lucky to be able to win against a really good right-handed pitcher with this lineup so i'm more interested in how does he do and if he does well, then I feel positive well, about the game no matter what happens. Well, it's got to be a little bit of both because, I mean, look, when it comes to this series, so you took game one last night. I guess it, I guess it's more – I guess it's more determined then by do you feel better about our chances against Hendricks than you do against our chances against you, Darvish, who is going tomorrow. So, 
I mean, which game do you feel better about winning? No, I don't feel good about either one of them. I, don't feel, I feel better. I feel better with Dylan Cease on the mound. How about that? Tomorrow. I feel like Dylan Cease tomorrow could match uh, could match Darvish if he has a good game. He has it in him. It's still not a given a guarantee with him because he does not go out there and dominate all the time. But he, I feel like he has more of that in him. There's more of a possibility with him. Look, I want to win all three games. Right. I don't want to be in, you know negative Nancy here while I'm sitting here Debbie Downer telling you, oh, we're going to lose tonight. I don't think you know you have every right opportunity to go out and win this baseball game tonight. You do. This is not a this is not something where you're locked in to lose because Ricky Renteria may not have the perfect lineup. You're not locked in to lose because Reynaldo Lopez is out there, and you're not locked in to lose because Kyle Hendricks is pitching in his home field and he's a good pitcher. Yes. Okay. But you have to have some things go right tonight to win. And if it didn't and Re- go and Reynaldo Lopez is a very but big if, one. But of how those about things. this? If you lose this game, if you lose this game three to two, and Lopez goes six or seven and only gives up two of the three runs that get given up by the team. You wouldn't care if you lost the game as much, would you? Because you'd be like, wow, no, at because, least he showed me something. I'd be right. excited about that. It's just one game. Right. That's right. the point I'm trying to make here. I'm kind of watching him almost more than I'm watching the game. But are you necessarily bummed out if he if he goes out there, gives up five runs in the first three innings, it becomes a bullpen night, and you end up winning the game because you're able to somehow get to Hendricks or the rest of the Cubs pitching. Are you necessarily that upset about that? No, because you've won the game, and ultimately you want to win games. But you're a little – I could see – You're like – you you you're, you would be happier with a win and Lopez does what Lopez does because you've already decided what Lopez is. And I'm I'm kind of looking at it as – but if Lopez did something amazing, I would still have hope for him. That's I guess yeah, – that, I think we're both looking at it from different ultimately sides. You want to, ultimately, you want to win games, though. You're ultimately right. you want to win games, and – you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I've written off. Maybe I've written off. I think you have. I think you've written them off. I think you've written them off. I think deep down you've written them off. It's okay. It's okay as a fan, right? If you if you don't think he's the guy, listen, it's okay. Man, with me. Listen, I keep coming back to it. When your manager, when your manager comes out there and visibly berates you on the pitching mound, I'm talking at the end of last year. Now this happened. You know, socks in the basement listeners will know that what I'm talking about because we refer to it often whenever we come whenever we talk about Ronaldo Lopez. You know, when your manager comes out there and, phys- you know, and visibly scolds you on the mound and then your catcher looks uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, it's like, watch- un- it's like when my kid watches me yell at one of my other kids. Like, right, oh, exactly, man, exactly. I wish I was downstairs playing video games. Didn't have to be a part of this. That's what it Renter- looked like. And then Renteria, who is normally just super chill, calls you out. In an, in an interview with Jason Benetti, yeah. for having your for having your head up your own posterior and thinking about anything else, you can't but be baseball. thinking about paying the bills. You can't be thinking about your personal relationships. You can't be paying them. That, that's all the stuff he was listening. I'm yeah. like, oh man, you can't be thinking about how you're going to get back and forth from the game. Like he was like, he he really kind of called him out for not being focused in his listen, games. I don't think you know. I I I don't think Ronaldo Lopez is in this starting five rotation right here right now. If you have you know, uh, a healthy and and level-headed Michael Kopech, if you have a healthy Carlos Rodon. Ronaldo Lopez is not in your starting five. I'm sorry. I understand that. But I also believe that if the guy – the guy has ability. So that's the thing. To me, it's not a lack of ability. No, I it's, never said it's it was a, a lack it's, of it's ability. A, he's, it's a head thing with him. He's not – he doesn't have the focus, and he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. That's why the White Sox keep going back, because they're going to be very frustrated if he figures it out later with somebody else. And that's why they keep going back. They're going to keep going back to the well with him until they're like, all right, he's just never going to figure this out. He's always going to be a head case. Because, and again, going back to our conversation a few minutes ago, you have a pitching coach now who is 
who you know who he's a head guy. He's a mental guy. He's an approach guy. Coop is not. Coop That's is what not Coop a is. saber metrics right. guy. He's not a numbers guy. He's a guy that but can, he's, but he's a guy that can help you figure. But, he's a help. He's a guy that can help you get out of your own way. Don't you look at Coop though and think that he's he's tough love though? Like, do you see the do you see the facial hair he's rocking? He looks scary. Like Don Cooper with the way he talks. I wouldn't want to see. Kind Coop, of, I wouldn't kind want to of see Coop in a, I wouldn't want to see Coop in a dark alley. Yeah, I mean, he kind of unnerves me the way he talks. But now with the the look, I mean, it's almost like he made his facial hair create a permanent scowl. Like he, when he takes his when he takes his little mask down every once in a while on TV, and then realizes he's supposed to have it on and pushes it back up again. I always sit there and think to myself, like, man, that guy. He just looks mean when he comes out. When it, it, like, I would be intimidated watching him come out to the mound. You know, like I, I saw him trying to calm down Dunning the other night. Okay. And that was their own fault. Let's be honest. That kid, and I, I, I never got an answer from Steve Stone. I tried to ask him this question. He wouldn't respond to it because I don't think Steve ever wants to say anything publicly that would question the management of the team. No, he, he never learned, wants to do that. No, he learned that. He learned that lesson on right. the other side of town. He never wants to do that. But I asked, like, you're, are you able to see something when you're sitting in a booth and you're not in a dugout? that they can't see those pitching, the pitching coach and the manager. Because he sat there in that last full, the, the last full inning that Dunning pitched. He sat there and said he's done. He's missing something. In fact, to be honest with you, that second line drive at his face, it was almost like he started pitching differently. Like he was like, holy cow, I'm going to die out here. Right. I hope that's not the case. But, it, but there was something definitely different. And he said the way his delivery was, the snap on the pitch, he could tell that was it for him that he hasn't pitched a lot. This is the first real time he's been back in major competition since his injury. He's not stretched out enough. This is probably his last inning. And then the White Sox brought him out again for another inning, and they didn't have Foster ready to come in. Mm. And, and they're showing Foster long tossing in the pen. So somebody in there screwed up because they didn't see what Stone saw in the broadcast. Like, he's done. Yeah, but you Like, know even what, if you though. want to send him out for the next game, Foster should have been ready to go the moment you're like, oh, yeah, we got to get him out of here. Coop instead is out there trying to stall to give Foster enough time to warm up. That showed there was a mistake there. In defense of that, there are a lot of people who don't see the same stuff, who don't see the same stuff that Stoney's. Well, I'd like to see Steve Stone uh, in my dugout then. That's the thing. Yeah, but it's never going to happen because he – listen, dude, Stone loves his job just being able to go and, and talk about baseball. Can we make him the second pitching coach? Is that listen, what he's angling Chris, to be? Chris, Is that what he's he angling wants, to be? Co-broadcaster slash pitching coach where he gets a hotline, he calls up Cooper, goes, by the way, the guy's done. Thanks a lot there, guy. And he hangs up the phone. Like, is that what it's going to be? Chris, I think – I think I'm going to I'm going to throw this old school reference. I'm going to go back to like 2010, 2013, whatever it was. That's, that's old school? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – well, it's old school to some of these people. But like – I'm going to say, listen, Steve Stone loves his job of talking on, 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 on television. <laughs> remember remember that one where Lou Pinella got mad because Stone said something about him? And then he just kept And doing then he it. just went, and then Pinella went just complete max headroom in an interview where he just got stuck. You know Hilarious. what? I, I just, he, he brings Stone a lot. Stone loves his job. He brings a lot to the broadcast in terms of analysis. And I we've said this before. We said it last year that we noticed when Benetti and Stone were getting together before, like even when Hawk was still kind of lingering, when Benetti and Stone were in the booth with each other, they they were, you know, for the last couple of years, there's more of a criticism. Like Stone will point out things like, well, you know, we probably shouldn't have brought that guy out the pitch. Or, well, you know, it's an interesting thing here that we're bringing this guy in when uh, he's a lefty and a righty probably would have done better against this. But, like, he'll say it but he kind of like sidesteps it as he's saying it. 
Like he makes the comment at some point. Right. But he loves his job. But I'm telling you right now, I mean, if, if that's a baseball mind, I think Steve Stone would love that. Steve Stone would love to be named the the secondary pitching coach. And he'd call down from the booth and be like, by the way, I'm noticing up pitching here. Coach He's emer- done. Pitching coach emeritus. <laughs> He's done. I would have loved if he would have alerted them. You know, Hawk used to run down and check on guys when they got injured, remember? But I want oh, Steve God. Stone running down and telling telling Don Cooper it's time to get somebody up. I can see something. That's what I want. Yeah, get more involved, Stoney. Hawk would run down because Hawk didn't realize there was such a thing as a cell phone in, <laughs> in the year 2016. <laughs> it would be like, hey, Stoney, check this out. I got this here iPad, <laughs> and I get my MLB.com. All right, we're live at Jack's Place. We're going to be on the uh, broadcast here for a little under 20 minutes, maybe right around 20 minutes here left to go in the show in the pregame. Uh, first pitch is at 7.15, so we're going to get off the air before that happens. Uh, make sure you make it over here because the party continues. we got socks in the basement swag for you. There is a large, giant television that is being given away. You still have a chance to get in on that. The drawing is coming up here shortly. And also there's free food. There's a free drink for you. you got uh, free uh Max spins on the on the on the. I, I can't believe my wife isn't back there yet. If she hasn't gone back there, like she loves the gamble. Like she, I guarantee you, she. I I'm gonna make a prediction right now. When we're done, she's gonna be like, "You gotta go take your three spins. Huh. Why don't you do yours? I already did mine, and now I want you to do yours while I stand next to you and hit the button. Like oh, that's your what she's wife, gonna be doing. Oh, your wife does that too. <laughs> Get out here, seven thousand West Southwest Highway. We are gonna wrap things up, but uh, we got about 15, 20 minutes left to go here. If you want to call in, do the call in button or jump into the live chat room. This is Socks in the Basement. Back in thirty seconds here from Jack's place.
Socks in the Basement live at Jack's Place, 7,000 West Southwest Highway here in Chicago Ridge on a beautiful night. And the White Sox taking on the Cubs in game two of their three-game set at Wrigley Field, which just does not have a lot of people there, Dave. And I know that's such a big deal to Cub fans when there's not a lot of people at uh, Sox stadiums. And it's just weird and eerie for me to see such an empty stadium up on the north side. It's just, you know, because attendance means so much. Well, you know what's funny about that? <laughs> My wife actually pointed something interesting. The I know, right? Yeah. My wife actually pointed something interesting out to me about that. They don't even have as many cardboard cutouts in the seats as like no. other ballparks. That's do. weird. It's like they almost want people to know that they're empty. I mean, they do have the people up on the rooftops, and I thought that was funny. Like last night, uh, they showed this thing up there on the rooftops, and there was a guy up there. He looked like he could have been my father. He was so old, right? And he's got this really young girl, and he's got his hand on her knee. And my wife says something like. Like, wow, she's with an older guy. I'm like, those seats are like $1,000 a piece. That's why he's got his hand. Like, right. <laughs> he, he dropped two grand to take out his young date. Like, <laughs> I can't I can't blame him for making his move there and getting caught on television. Wait, mean, <laughs> wait meaning the seat cost two grand or the date all right, cost all right, two grand? All right. Well, hey, you know, I don't know. Okay, we have a, we have another guest here who provided an awful lot of things that are here tonight. The, uh, the first drink free. Uh, the the free food that's here and everything else. And to be honest with you, Keith didn't even introduce me to you. So I, I introduce yourself to everybody from Country Insurance. He tried. Um, I know we were watching you guys back and watching Annie Marvel on the radio here. <laughs> she got a new career, right? Um, our podcast. But uh, my name's John Natanik. I've been friends with Keith for a long time. I, my background is basically I was a college girls basketball coach for about 25 years. Really? And, Which college? Um, San Xavier is an assistant coach. Okay. Until nice. 2000. Um, Eight and then until 2016, I was at the head coach Robert Morris. Oh wow, University, good for you! So. That's awesome. And they just recently disappeared. They merged with uh, Roosevelt University. That's right. So they're, they're That's right. Now, yeah. So a couple of years ago, I, I looking for something to do. I didn't want to have to move. I was semi-retired from basketball, and then um, jumped in the insurance. Got in the insurance game, man. I did. It was an interesting move, but uh, <laughs> it's been okay. I've liked it more, and guys like Keith and. I think even yourselves. I mean, you know, you help me out. And I just try to help out people. Well, I think it's great what you're doing tonight. It's a free drink for for you when you walk in the door. It's right. a it, there's free food here. There's a giant 58 inch flat screen TV being given away. Uh, there's three free Mac spins on the on the slot machines. Uh, I I was laughing with Annie. I was like, uh, who who came up with giving away so much free stuff? You guys give a lot more away than any other place we've we, ever seen. We did, yeah. We just... <laughs> I think it all started back in spring. We we did I did uh we we gave we basically donated fifteen hundred dollars to Peppos and then Joe's Italian Villa got fifteen hundred dollars in Palos over there. I emailed all the surrounding police and fire stations and just basically told them, Hey, here's what I got set up for you. Go get a free meal. Yeah, and, it and it's first more, responder appreciation yeah, night, and it's more, just perfect because it's Sox Cubs, and yeah. it's just gonna be a fun night out here tonight. Yeah. And, you know, everything everyone's going through, like you guys are talking about the cardboard cutouts at the Sox game. All the <laughs> people show up and have a good time and end of the day, spread the word for, you know, you guys and for us and especially for Keith. Definitely for Jack's place here, yeah. which is uh, doing a bang up job. I like how they have everything set up. It's nice and spaced out. It's yeah. very clean inside of there. And even when you're sitting down and you're playing in the games, they've, they've got it basically set up where it is at these, these right. plexiglass dividers where you can sit in there and you, you put your, your, Probably safer than you're in your own house when you walk in there, which is kind of nice. Booth, but you yeah, can, but you, you can win $1,000. Yeah, you can win a bunch of money, which yeah, is awesome. So it's great. Uh, all right, so Sox or Cubs fan? Because we got a Chicago fan that sat down with us here about I, a half I hour ago. I'm a Sox fan. All right. Um, I'm still a Sox fan. The 80s, Harold Baines was my guy. And then in the 2000s, you're wearing my guy right there. AJ. AJ. Yeah, yeah I, I got my AJ Jeff. jersey on the night. I made it fun, but uh, I had the Baines jersey. I grew up a Sox fan, still am, yeah. 
That's awesome. Yep. So what 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 did you think about last night's game? And what do you think about tonight's game? I want I want a prediction for tonight. But first off, your impressions last night with the hit parade. If if you were listening to me yesterday at six, you knew I, I predicted our, our win. I knew we'd get at least one. I thought Lester would be the win. And I was just talking to Keith. I, I thought the Ronaldo Lopez experiment was over, but uh, <laughs> I got my fingers crossed. So that's exactly what we've been that's talking about. Yeah. Been, the past Twenty minutes we've been talking. He thought about the Ronaldo Lopez experience was over yeah, too, I, and it's crazy at because we're, at least we're not the only ones. They pulled no. Gio Gonzalez out of the uh, out of facing them this yeah. weekend. He would have been in there. I was surprised to set I... Cease back. I think one day. I think it would, I think Cease would have been next if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. they because they, they don't do two lefties back to back. And they're—I don't know if they're repositioning Gio Gonzalez by doing it this way, or if the or, or what the deal was. But it was interesting that they decide we're bringing him up and we're throwing him right in there to start. But as I was telling Dave, I believe that what they have is they have a guy that they see a lot of talent in, who's not all up here, up here. He's right. not—he's not doing very good up in the head area. You listen to Ricky Renteria at the end of last year complaining about how he doesn't seem like he's very focused, and they have to work on that. You see him yell at him on the mound in the last start of the season last year. I think that you have a group of people who think he's talented. And they're going to go with him until he's pretty much proven, no, I'm just never going to get it going in my head again. I I gave him three starts this season. I told Dave, like, he'll give this one, maybe two more. If after that it's not working out, you'll see Dane Dunning, Carlos Rodon joining Dylan Cease, Lucas uh, Giolito, and uh, and Dallas Keuchel in the five-man rotation. 100%. It's... It's gonna be a good five years, I think. I think they got a big window here, and oh yeah, I'm excited. As a big Sox wide player. open yeah. window, and it's gonna be very exciting to watch how everything goes. Ross next year, it'll be, it'll be fun. I hope so. Yeah. You know, I mean, we do, we do have an owner that can, that just told everybody he lost nine. What was it? He lost nine million dollars. He lost nine figures. That's what he said. Oh, he lost God. nine figures because he couldn't put people in the stands. Right. And I can't figure out how I can't figure that math out because yeah. I think he's counting what he would have made if people showed up. Like he sees that as lost, but I don't think he lost nine figures. I don't think he had to go into his bank account and take nine figures out. That would shock me. But I, I don't know. I, I hope that we don't hear the cry poor speech next year, and that's the thing that makes me nervous. My my big dream would be Lindor. I, I you know who knows? That's a lot of money. But I, that'd be my dream. I'm just I'm not saying it's reality. Where do you put T A? The guy's right killing it. Right, right field? field. Yep. He's putting T A in right field. Oh man, oh, man. T A would lose his mind at that suggestion. He might. He would lose his mind. There's a man with some swagger who's like, I'm the leadoff hitter and the shortstop on this team, and you're not taking it from me. I think he'd lose his mind over yeah, that. No, you're not going to do that. I get what you're saying, though. I get it. Robert I, Mankato Lindor, one, two, three, for oh. the next five years. Be, uh, <laughs> a fancy way of laughing, right? He just took T.A. out of the top three, too. I oh, know. man. Okay, you may need some insurance for yourself if the man hears that. Anyway, I appreciate no, you I, having us over here and all the stuff that you, thank you, you provided. You guys, I know you've been pushing the event, and it's for a great cause. And, uh, we're gonna try to be out here weekly, and I know we'll, we'll talk later. Too. Plug, plug your, plug your business. Plug a phone number, a website. People, if they if they're looking to get their insurance changed, they want to quote anything like that. Yeah, my I just I was give my first name again, John. I'll give my cell number 708-289-9935, 708-289-9935, and quotes are free and easy, and just you know. I moved over to country. Ask. I moved over to country insurance a year ago, okay, and I've been very, very happy about it. I, right. you, you, yeah, I, I ended up with a different country guy. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I did. I moved over. I moved yeah. over a year ago, and I'm going to tell you something. It's probably the easiest insurance company i've ever worked with yeah. and and the other thing is the fact that like you get these get these other ones where they'll sit there and they'll be like oh you know get in here we'll get you this great rate and then they don't take care of you when something no. happens yeah. and i like going with a more reputable one right and country's got that name and they're also easy to work with so i've, I, I've enjoyed my experience with country. my first client and i saved myself some money there you go. <laughs> there you go. Again, thanks guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you, John, Thank you, John for John. jumping in. Socks in the basement hanging out here at 7,000 West Southwest Highway in Chicago Ridge. We are at Jack's place. We will still be here after the microphones go off 
in the next five to ten minutes. But come out and join us tonight. The big giant flat screen is going to be given away. Uh, we also have the free food, the free drink, the socks in the basement swag. Uh, you get to rub Dave's bald head. Did I tell you I was going to let people do that for good luck tonight? No, you did not. Well, but, it's happening. Um, yeah, well, right. um... <laughs> that's probably not safe in COVID. We won't do that. You can't rub Dave's My head. My head doesn't have COVID. If dude. you bring, if you bring gloves and uh, I'll spray. How about this? I'll spray Dave's head down with Lysol after every head rubbing. Then that's safe for everybody, right? I'm already, I got some Lysol I'm wipes. Bald enough, People can dude. rub your head have, for luck, I'm and then I will wipe enough. your head with a Lysol wipe. Lysol on my head, and then after that, we'll will be a rub, and then a wipe, and then another rub, and I'll, we'll just have like a little station there where people can rub your head clean so that they don't infect themselves. I think it's safe, and you'll wear a mask, and they'll wear a mask, and everything will be fine. It's 2020. You got to learn how to adjust to this whole thing. All right, and I'm just it's for luck, Dave. It's for luck. I'm charging 20 bucks a rub. <laughs> Oh, last time I heard that was in uh in, in Bourbon Street 20 years ago. Oh well it was know. in a completely different context. Socks in the basement is going to be on demand on Wednesday. Make sure that you check us out. Uh we are gonna have Jordan Lazowski on. Uh, he is a writer for Socks on 35th who broke down in a very even keel way without any bias one way or another, or calling for him to stay or go. Don Cooper's tenure with the White Sox, the good, the bad, the ugly. We're going to break that down with him and ask him some really good questions. If you missed last week's uh, on-demand show, the one that's currently out, uh, Chris Zwick from Yahoo Sports joined us. If you go back, we've got all kinds of great guests, great shows. We're having a great time doing this. And so far, so good, Dave. Since last we spoke, Ricky Renteria has not lost the White Sox a game. <laughs> because the White Sox have not lost a game. No, they have not lost a game. <laughs> so, it's kind of hard to lose. When yeah, you, yeah, right. They have exactly. not lost a game, and so Ricky has done a very good job. So the Ricky Rick uh, factor, where we break down how many games Ricky Renteria has cost the White Sox, and what we've done is we we take Ricky and we take Rick Hahn in the front office. We came up with six games that they we think that they legitimately cost the team or put them in a terrible position where they had very little chance of winning the games. We then cut that number six and a half, and we claim at this point that management for the White Sox has cost their team negative three. That's their plus-minus differential for this team. And they'd be in first place otherwise. They are currently streaking. This is a six-game winning streak. They have won eight out of their last ten, and now they run into Kyle Hendricks tonight. And as we leave, give me a score. Give me who you think is going to perform well for the Sox tonight, and let's get out of here in style. You're going to hate me, but I got – I got it six to three. Do you want to hear the lineups before you do this? No, I know, I know the lineups. You know the lineups. I know the lineups. Yeah, no, I got six to, I got six to three Cubs. However, I'm pretty sure that I think Moncada has a good day back today. I would hope so. He's been banged up all year, and and it's it's concerning me the amount of times he has to sit down because he's fatigued, or he's he he's got muscle soreness and things like. You remember he was in the COVID protocol. We know that Eduardo Rodriguez is having heart trouble. He's the only guy that really is not going to be able to return this year because of COVID with the Red Sox. They decided, like, hey, look, we want you to be 100% recovered, and they took him out for the year, so he's not going to be returning. I would, ho- I would hope that there's not a lingering thing with Juan Mancada because of the COVID thing where he's still getting muscle aches or something like that because he seems banged dude, up. Dude, he COVID, looks beaten listen, out there. The, from the people that I know who have had this, COVID is a tough cookie, man. It it takes a lot to get rid of and it it hangs around for a while so you very well could be seeing that i still think mancata comes out and has a good game tonight against Hendricks. i don't think they i don't think they win tonight i'm calling six to three cubs but i think mancata has a big game 
All right, I'm going to be looking for it. We we know that he bats well against righties, and we know that he did he he has a lot more he had a lot more power from that side when we did our simulated yes. season. And so like he might be the guy. You actually probably need him to perform well. Him and Anderson table setting, even if it means that Abreu is coming up next, it'd be nice to see Moncada drive in the runs and not it be okay. We're going to pitch around him to get to Abreu because he becomes very average against right-handed pitching, and right after him is Grandal. Those two guys sitting afterwards, I want to see Moncada jump out and be the guy that's getting guys off base and scoring them. So I'm not coming up in situations with two on, and now we're hitting this three and four hitter that we're not too confident in. I'm going to go out on a limb, say Sox win tonight. But it's only, it's, I'm going to go out on a limb, say Sox win tonight, six to five. Okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to do it because we're out here, we're live. And I just want to believe that they can, they can overcome the lineup discrepancies, the Reynaldo Lopez return. Maybe we get an inspired Raylo. Maybe we get, uh, we get to the bullpen of the Cubs. Maybe somebody makes a mistake and brings in a lefty. And even though we're like, let's say trailing five to three, they bring in a left-handed reliever and we jump on them at the right time or somebody makes a mistake in the bullpen. I don't know if we're going to defeat Hendricks if he goes deep into the game, but maybe, just maybe, we can work the pitch counts here tonight and we can find now, our way to victory. I will say this before we get off the air. In the Sox, for the, the Sox advantage tonight, they got a fresh bullpen. They have a fresh bullpen. Red Torrey has got to so, use them then. Yeah. If, if Lopez doesn't look good after two innings, no, you got to yank. Yeah, go grab Gio use, Gonzalez use and that, send him out there. Use that Re- pen because right. Dallas use that pen. Kept, grab Dallas Matt Foster. Them, Dallas kept them fresh for you right. last night. Ross Detweiler so and keep changing around lefty, righty, lefty, righty, and mess with that Cubs lineup as much as you possibly can. That's what you have to do tonight. Yes, There's a lot on Ricky Renteria tonight for this game. Let's see if he performs. He did win them one game this year, remember? I gave him credit for literally winning them a game that they probably should have lost with his managerial decisions. But there's been far more bad decisions than good. Right. Hopefully he's on his game tonight. Thank you very much for listening to us tonight. We are going to continue to hang out here at Jack's Place, 7000 West Southwest Highway in Chicago Ridge on Southwest Highway between Harlem and Ridgeland. Come out and join us. First drink on the house. First responder appreciation night. They're giving away a large flat screen television set. They've got free food. Like I said, the free drink, the three free max spins. We've got socks in the basement koozies and bottle opener keychains and pint glasses to give away to you. Come on out and join us. We'll be here for a good portion of this game. Uh, having a good time inside of Jack's place for my buddy Dave sitting across from me here in the tent. We will see you again on Wednesday on demand at the nine foot homemade Oak bar in my basement. My name is Chris. Thank you very much for listening to Saturday socks in the basement now coming to you live, or at least in some form on Saturdays. In addition to the normal Wednesday podcast going forward right here at Jack's place. We will see you very, very soon. Go white socks tonight. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.